0: Hey, it's Kia. When it comes to finances, it can sometimes feel like a really negative space for women. L&G research last year found that the average pension pot of a woman at retirement was found to be less than half of that of a man at the same retirement stage. So there's a gender pensions gap and a gender pay gap. There's the expense of childcare and a conversation to be had about flexible working. There's a ton to talk about, but there is hope. I'm joined today by Emily Belay. Emily is passionate about helping women improve their financial lives. She's the host of her podcast, The Wallet, and the founder of Vespod, a community with a mission to help people, especially women, achieve financial independence. She's also wrote the book, You're Not Broke, You're pre Rich, which feels very on brand for a little bit richer. So let's dive in. Emily,
1: what are some of the challenges that women face in the financial space? So if you think about our lives, women tend to live longer. So we should be the one taking extra care of retirement and planning ahead. But I feel there's a lot of hurdles and challenges along along the way. So let's think about first the gender pay gap. Women are going to pay paid less than men then we tend to have a working life that's not as linear. So we may take breaks because we take care of our children, but it's also taking care of elderly parents, taking care of families, of communities. Women are still the primary carers. So taking time off means less money being saved, less money being saved for the short term, but also for, for the long term. And also women tend to invest less than men. So because they're not taking this extra risk with their money, they're not necessarily getting this extra reward and building pension pots over the long term. So there's this motherhood penalty, good daughter penalty. I hate like having all, <laughs> this, all these penalties on, 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 on women's life, but it's really important to think about, about the long term. Another statistic is that 34% of women say that their financial situation keep them up at night. So I, I think because we didn't necessarily have this conversation about money, don't have the education. And this is men and women. We never received any financial education. There's also a lack of confidence when it comes to finances. So even if women are really good savers, they are not actually always investing for the long term and putting money into the, their, their retirement. When you look at pension pots, women will have pension pots that are, that are half the size of men at retirement and this comes from habits that will come from much earlier in their in their working life. I mean
0: as a woman myself I can definitely attest to the things that you said right when it comes to being a woman as you so lovingly put it I mean there are penalties for you know you go through life you want to have children now you've got that penalty there and I think it is so important as women I think that I can't remember the exact number but there is a stat out there that shows that women are better savers they say save yeah. more than men but Maybe they didn't take as much risk on it, on their investments, on their money, sorry. So they didn't put it in investments to help it grow. So I think there is that. But speaking about investment then, what is this investment gap? So can you describe what it is and what can be done about
1: it? Yeah, so the investment gap is the number, the difference between the number of women investing and the number of men actually investing money. And in the UK, there's a £15 billion investing gap between men and women. So, of course, that's going to make a huge difference in terms of wealth building, because women, as you said, are great savers, but not all women are actually investing money. So they're losing out, because by making your money work for you and putting your money at work in the stock market, you may expect higher return over the longer time. But, of course, this comes with a notion of risk, and risk is very difficult to comprehend. So when we look at, you know, the young younger generation you think about maybe you know the financial crisis in 2008 people maybe worried about the stock market there's a lot of misconception in, in when we think about in culture and movies we think about the wolf of wall street so investing seems really scary and seems something that's you know not for everyone so we sort of miss this education from a very young age about delayed gratification and budgeting and how to put your money at work to generate more return with your money and building wealth and these are very important concepts. But if you don't start, then you may not have the confidence. You may feel a bit worried about asking for help, knowing where to go when you need financial advice. There's also a financial advice gap in the UK to add (laughs) to to our gaps where where most people are not going to have access to a financial advisor, maybe because they don't have enough money. So there's a lot of um, responsibility and personal responsibility to get started managing your money and investing your money, because this is going to be really important to build financial security and financial independence. It's not about having more money. It's about having more money to be able to achieve your goals, to live the life you want. So, I feel this investing piece is really where I want to help women to just get started on a very small scale. Now there's a lot of platforms on the market where you can invest your spare change, you can start investing with 50 pound month so it's getting started into this, this habit and, and trying to understand risk and see risk not necessarily as something that is bad but risk more as, as an opportunity and when you invest in, in the stock market and if you have a pension, your money is invested so most people don't actually know that through your workplace pension, you're contributing Towards your future, but your money is going to be invested in a collection of of different companies. It's trying to understand a little bit more about how the stock market works, build up this confidence, understand risk, and feel a little bit more comfortable with this term of of investing. And and it's the same as investing, you know, in your personal career, in your personal development. You do a lot of things for, for yourself to feel better, but you can do also some of these things with your finances, and it's starting from maybe learning a little bit more about money, investing a little bit. So starting on a very small scale actually works and it compounds over time. And that's one of the greatest lessons in investing. Absolutely. I think,
0: like you mentioned, when it comes to investing, you you mentioned the Wolf of Wall Street. When you think about investing, you think about men on the trading floor, doing all this. It feels so far away (laughs) from what you could do, especially as a woman. But I think alongside all the things that you mentioned there, it's all about representation as well. So... We've mentioned there are a lot of gaps. There are a lot of gaps for women out there. But as a woman, what can you do to be better prepared when it comes to your finances?
1: Yeah, so I think it takes a little bit more planning and also thinking about what does money mean to you? You know, when we think about money, finances, investing, that can be quite scary and overwhelming and you don't know where to start. So it's just trying to start with with the basics. And, and often when we run our courses and boot camps, we try to have these conversations about money. There's still such a big taboo around around money because of this lack of, of education and, and money being this thing where, you know, it's quite, I mean, I've always been told that it's quite impolite to talk about money that, you know, girls shouldn't talk about money. When you look at the statistics, girls actually receive 20% less pocket money than boys. And our money habits come from a very young age, from age three to seven year old. So we sort of grow up with these beliefs around money. So I think doing a little bit of work on your money mindset by having a conversation, trying to write your money story, maybe seeing a money coach Also, you know, financial advisors can also help you, but really doing the work for yourself. And then it's organizing your finances, not being worried about checking your bank account. <laughs> and I know that's quite scary for people who, who never look at their finances. But on the morning, you know, try to check your bank account once a day. You'll feel empowered. you know exactly how much you have. And the, the same is going to go for debts, trying to understand how much debt do, do you have, how much savings do you have, and try to understand your basic numbers. So having a little spending plan, trying to check for the past months or for the past three months, how have you been spending your money? So this is the first part. And then thinking more broadly about wealth we all should think about wealth and of course here we're talking like financial wealth but knowing a few numbers so maybe trying to calculate your net worth which is the sum of all your assets minus the sum of your liabilities if you're you know quite early in your working life and if you have a lot of student debt you will have like a negative net worth but that's okay it's just a matter of improving this number over time knowing how much savings you have so really knowing these these numbers also your credit score and writing them down and having maybe a little date with yourself and your and your money once a month <laughs> and I'm sure you, you talk about that also with your friends and, and, and communities but it's having this regular catch up with money I think is really helpful and not judging yourself really sort of detaching your self-worth from these numbers they don't define you the amount of money you earn the amount of debt you have they're not your personality so trying to, to separate the two I think is quite important but be very realistic about you know how much money you you have, how much money you don't have, and what are your goals uh, going forward.
0: I love that, especially when you mentioned about net worth. I I (laughs) I checked my net worth when I was in my first year of uni (laughs) at 18, and... I, I don't think I've seen a minor sign as, as big as that when I lost my net worth. <laughs> Thankfully, it's gone up since then, but I find that quite funny. But I, lo- I love the point where you mentioned actually talking to people. Yeah. I think we have this culture and society where we don't talk. So things become taboo and you never know if you see your, your colleagues are earning more than you because we don't talk about it. And I've made it a thing with my friendship group that us as girls will come together and we'll just talk about money yeah sometimes it's like you know we want to go out here but you know girls i haven't got the money this month so let's be mindful of the budget and having those open conversations make things easier you can kind of bring up you know what i'm going to go through this pay rise it just makes that conversation a lot easier to have with people so i think it's definitely a good thing to try and incorporate for people so emily when it comes to the cost of kids specifically because that can be a very big cost for a lot of parents how can women and partners financially prepare for this?
1: Yeah, so I think what I what I see very often and and I have three young kids so for me building a business, having kids, leaving the corporate world that was a lot and it takes a little bit of planning uh, instead of reacting. So when women are pregnant, they usually think about okay, what's going to happen to my salary? I will have to pay for childcare. Childcare in, in the UK is one of the most expensive in the world and When we have conversation about childcare, women tend to compare their salary with the cost of childcare. But actually, maybe they have a partner and they can share this cost with their partner. So I think it's trying to plan with your partner cost of childcare. What do you want to do? Do you want to go back to work? How much is it going to cost us? And try to see this cost of childcare as an investment that will allow you, if you want to, to stay in the workforce. If you want to take some time off can you also plan for this time off understanding that you will not earn any money so there's also no money that's not going to be that's going to be put into your savings and into your investment plan and a conversation you can have with your with your partner is around pensions so if you're taking time out of work and that you know you can have uh, a few kids and then very easily you're five years out of the workforce or ten years and you haven't saved any money so making sure maybe your partner knows about that and is helping you and paying into your pension or you can you know help your partner so having this thing where you work as a team and collectively to make sure you build up financial independence together for your household but also independently making sure you have your own money you have your own pension pots because you never know what can happen and also when when you start having children is how do you talk about money in the family and how you start educating your children because as we know like early education will have such a big impact uh, later on in life so involving them in like basic money decisions, and that can be budgeting, delayed gratification, saving for something you, you really like. Also, when it comes to raising kids, there's important conversations to have around flexible work and shared parental leave. So it's important for both partners to maybe be able to take some time off, to spend time with the kids, to make sure the other partner can also stay in the workforce. And the last thing is for 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 parents, for young parents, when you have children, you should apply and potentially claim for child benefits. So if you're out of the, of the workforce, You may not be entitled to actually receive a payment, but you can check that on on HMRC's, on on the government website. But actually, can you get your national insurance contribution to make sure you're not losing out in terms of your your state pension?
0: I think that's really good. A lot, lot of good, valuable information there for people who are parents or becoming parents very soon. Emily, I want to end with the same question that I ask every single week. What three tips can you give to help people get a little bit richer?
1: So my first tip is about money mindset. Really try to understand what does money mean to you, what you can do for your finances, because we may have so many limiting beliefs around money. The second one is around investing, start investing even on a small scale. And if you have a pension, check your pension, make sure you're contributing. If you don't have a pension yet, it's maybe the time to start figuring out how you can save for your older self and try to connect with with your future self. And my third tip is learn more about money, become more financially confident. You can start again on a very small scale with maybe books, video, courses, podcast like this one and slowly learn the tips find some guidance and become more financially confident
0: emily thank you so much you have shared so much useful information for all of our listeners and hopefully this can be the starting point to close that gap that we see with women to become more empowered with their finances so thank you so much for coming on next week i'll be chatting with digital nomad claire rhodes make sure to catch the episode to hear all about the exciting prospect of traveling while managing work in the uk In the meantime, follow the podcast, leave us a review and tell a mate. See you next week.